Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome in to Bet to Win. I'm your host, Joe Finn. He's sitting inside the Blue Wire Studios at the Win Las Vegas. Hope you all had a masterful weekend. Uh, Will Zalatoris finally gets his first W. Good for Willie Z. No longer the bridesmaid uh, of the PGA Tour uh, in baseball. Things didn't go well for my Mariners, but we're not going to talk about that because today is all about football. Is the first week of the preseason is in the books. And here to preview it is Danny Kelly of The Ringer. He covers the NFL, the NFL draft, and fantasy football for The Ringer. Uh, before we get to him, I've got a quick L to hold. Unfortunately, I took Brewers Rays first five under for my winning pick. That was at three and a half at minus 105. That's a loss that ended at four through the first five. If you got it at four, you pushed. Uh, my winning pick was three and a half. So that's a loser, but I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to Danny again. He covers the NFL fantasy football and the NFL draft for the ringer and Spotify. Follow Danny on Twitter at Danny B. Kelly. Danny, what's up, man? Thanks so much for your time and joining the show. Absolutely. It's good to talk to you, man. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm pumped that football is back. I know you are as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, you love the weeds of the offseason because you get so deep in the draft. You do such a great job covering it. I myself get so itchy and antsy for football to be back. And we've now got <laughs> preseason week one under our belts. I want to stick to quarterback storylines and we'll kind of pivot from there. But let's start with what we saw in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson finally uh, steps onto the field once again. Not a very... Um, uh, productive performance, one for five for the Browns <laughs> right. for seven yards. It was notable, though, that A, he apologized pregame, in quote, to all the women I have impacted, which is a big pivot from I've done nothing wrong, I've done nothing right. wrong, I've done nothing wrong, I've done nothing wrong. Uh, and then he just got absolutely uh, torn to pieces by Jags fans and the, a treatment that he's going to have to uh, brace himself yeah. for for a long time. What do you make of, uh, this is obviously a huge topic, but just kind of where yeah. things stand right now with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, potentially your expectations for him as a player and also ultimately kind of your just thoughts on the situation. I mean, basically, I don't have ex expectations for him in 2022. I, I think he's, it still looks like a solid chance he's going to be suspended for the whole season, if not, you know, 12 plus games uh, based on if they do end up like settling with him or whatever. And so um, I have no expectations for him this year. I'm more or less approaching the season like he's not going to be playing all that much. And so um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think the Browns are going to have a decision here pretty soon, whether they're going to try and roll, uh, you know, with their backup quarterback, or if they're going to try and trade for like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's still out there, or maybe, you know, wait and see if he'll get released. I don't know how that's going to all play out. But um, for me, when I'm looking at the Browns this year, I'm expecting them to be having a different quarterback, whether it's uh, Brissett or, you know, Jimmy G potentially, or maybe they like work the, uh, the trade market with some of the other backups still available out there right now. So that's just kind of how I'm looking at the situation. Um, and that's how I'm approaching it in fantasy. That's how I'm approaching it in, in, you know, like the futures market or whatever, like just not expecting much of Deshaun Watson this season. There is uh, a lot of talk, obviously, about the year two quarterbacks. And none of them set the world on fire in year one. Mac Jones was the best in New England. You'd also say he probably walked into the best situation um, right. as a rookie but I don't think there were was any more disappointing than Zach Wilson with the Jets in his uh, second year starts off nightmarishly uh, with <laughs> right. a with a leg yeah. injury. It's not the worst. It, it looked like potentially it was an ACL. Uh, it's instead mm -hmm. it's a, bo a bone bruise, an MCL tear. It was a non-contact injury. He'll be about a month or two uh, on the sideline. They'll obviously take it very very cautiously with him. But beyond just uh, the injury, which is just 
crushing for him. And I think everyone's yeah. rooting for young quarterbacks to be successful. Uh, do you have hope in him, even though year one was such a disappointment <laughs> for him with the Jets? It's tough because, you know, I wasn't super high on him coming into the NFL. I thought he was a little bit overhyped uh, at times, and I didn't really understand why he was lock solid number two pick, you know, over some of these other quarterbacks in, the, in this draft. So maybe there's a little bit of hindsight bias going on here, just like that's how I felt at the time. And then when he struggled as a rookie, I wasn't all too surprised. I think this sucks for him, though, because obviously this is a massive time for him in terms of development, getting on the same page with his new receivers, um, just getting more in tune with the offense and starting to be just a little more, um, I guess, just relaxed and and feel like he's, you know, the game is slowing down from a little bit. So like losing this month here, plus potentially maybe a little bit longer um, is critical. That being said, like, I do think that they're doing the right things. The Jets are doing the right things to get guys around him, get good players around him bolster that offensive line, you know, obviously losing Mekhi Becton for the season stuff, but getting Dwayne Brown in there is huge. Um, you know, he, he solidifies their left tackle position at least a little bit. I think, you know, Dwayne Brown, he's, he's on the back, the back nine of his career, but he's still a solid left tackle. And so I think that's big. Um, and, you know, they've, they've done a lot to uh, get more skill players around him, get more explosiveness on offense. I think Elijah Moore is going to have a big year to jump this year. I think Garrett Wilson's a really talented receiver. Uh, they got Braxton Berrios back, and he's kind of a a good sort of underneath option for them and an explosive player. I don't know. I, I I'm still just based on everything that they've done around him, getting Brees Hall. That's going to help the run game. I'm still bullish. I I, I do think he's going to have a he's going to develop, and and I'm I would say more optimistic than not that he'll be a player in the NFL. Um, but all that said, like it is a tough situation now. This this definitely like maybe extends the the time that we're going to expect him to develop. I think like this, this could really slow down things and kind of get him off track of where we wanted him to be. And I think the offense Jets offense is probably still going to be pretty bad this year. Um, but going into year three is kind of like what I'll be looking at with, with, with Wilson. If hopefully he'll be a little bit better going into year three. Speaking of embattled New York quarterbacks, Daniel Jones going into year four, the decline is fifth year option, <laughs> but now he finally has yeah. an offensive mind that is kind of comprehensively respected in all football circles. Right. That's Brian Dable. And yet everything you see about Daniel Jones has been negative, whether it's uh, the mock game they had at MetLife Stadium where <laughs> yeah. he's throwing the egregious passes, the reports from camp on a daily basis. Uh, it doesn't help that a guy like Kenny Galladay has seemingly just vanished in terms of being a dependable wide receiver. What, what do you expect, if anything, from Daniel Jones? <laughs> and is this, in all likelihood, the last year we hear from him in a meaningful way in the NFL? Yeah, this is another very difficult one. Um, because I like coming into the season, everything around him is good. Like they're they're upgrading the offensive line, they're upgrading the offensive weapons around him. In theory, hopefully they'll be a little more uh, healthy, you know, at receiver and at offensive line. Just pure like unrelated to any of the players, like regression wise, like they're just due to be better. They're just due to score more touchdowns. That's just how it works in the NFL. I think Brian Dayball is a huge upgrade, obviously, with what they've had at the coaching spot the last couple of years. Like it couldn't be worse, honestly, for the Giants. Like the only way they can go is up, in my mind. Um, but yeah, that being said, it's it's discouraging that there's been so many negative reports about how terrible the offense has been in practice. I thought like in in their first preseason game, things looked pretty good. Like they were crisp, they were moving the ball at times. Um, Daniel Jones made a couple of nice throws. So like I think the preseason game was encouraging. Uh, but the rest of the reports overall have been really bad. And like you you don't hear Kenny Galladay, it sounds like he's just been like a massive bust so far. Hopefully he'll turn the corner, but he's 
Um, you know, obviously just on a huge contract for them. He's one of the like top 10 or 15 paid receivers in the NFL. And he's just like, at this point, it seems like he's been a zero. So that's, that's tough. But, um, I think, you know, I'm generally still excited about what Daniel Jones can do, but it's hard. It's getting harder to ignore all the noise around him. Just like, it just doesn't seem like he's been playing that well in practice. Um, I'll wait to see it in games, but, um, yeah, like I said, it's getting harder to ignore it. Although I'm still holding out hope that he'll kind of make a big jump this year. I think the biggest wild card quarterback, especially if you want to talk in terms of contenders, it has to be Trey Lance because we just don't know what yeah. he's going to look like. We saw so little of him as a rookie. They opted to go with Jimmy Garoppolo, ultimately made an NFC championship game. Um, but what is he going to look like? And the reports have been very mixed, which is <laughs> yeah. what you expect from a guy who's getting yeah. his first meaningful reps with the, the first team offense. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has said that they are going with him. Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. Yep. It's a very bizarre situation. It's like, you know, I've, I've made the comparison. You got your your new relationship, but you're keeping your ex around like at an arm's length, which is just <laughs> bizarre. It is. It's <laughs> awkward. Um, yeah. But he looked good in his first um, preseason action. 405, 92 yep. yards and a touchdown. Obviously, most of that production coming on the 72-yard touchdown to Danny Gray. Do you have hope for Trey Lance? And, and I guess... A lot of yeah. that hope comes in. Are you a believer in Kyle Shanahan and his ability to put Trey Lance in the best possible situation? Yeah. I think that you just nailed it. It's like, I trust Shanahan to kind of put him in a situation where he's going to have efficiency and, and, you know, throw down the field. Shanahan over the years has turned some, <clears throat> excuse me, some like very mid-level to bad quarterbacks into like eight plus yards per attempt average over a season. Like he has he, his offense. He's, he's very capable of scheming kind of like some of the, the weaknesses around a quarterback's game out of it. And so I'm very bullish on Trey Lance. I think Lance in fantasy in particular is like one of the biggest sleepers, one of the best like mid to late round picks you can make in fantasy this year, because he's not only going to have open up, I think a vertical dimension in this offense, which you just didn't really see with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he's also going to run a lot. And so that changes the run game that changes, you know, the way the defenses have to approach the 49ers. Um, it, this is, you can't get any more different going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance, like Trey Lance, is a big game hunter. He throws down the field. He's got a huge arm. Um, he's going to stretch the defense. He's going to open up that dimension in, in addition to just like read option stuff, quarterback keeper stuff, bootleg stuff, all that. It, it kind of like just changes the way defenses are going to have to approach the 49ers. Um, generally speaking, I think, like you said, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be days, and we've seen this basically in training camp already, where I think there's going to be days where Trey Lance looks absolutely terrible. Um but there's also going to be days where it's like, okay, I see exactly why they traded up to number three to get this guy. His raw talent is very apparent. Um, and the ceiling is just through the roof. Like there's no limit on what he could be in this offense. So uh, it's going to be one of those seasons where it's up and down inconsistent, but the flashes are going to be there and it's going to make their offense just that much more dangerous. I think. I think there's to a degree. There are some parallels between the Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn situation back in 2012 <laughs> with the Seahawks yeah. where now, the Seahawks didn't invest three first round draft picks in Russell Wilson. So I'm not, it's not completely apples to apples, but still in the same sense of if things go poorly out of the gate uh, and we won't forget Russell Wilson losing that first game in Arizona, a game they had every chance to win. Um, and, you know, you're going to have a faction of Niners fans saying, how Jimmy, did you, we know what we're getting from Jimmy. And this is a championship made team with a defense that's one right. of the best in football, right. skill players everywhere, a tremendous offensive line, a running game that should be one of the best in the league. You know, we could run it back with Jimmy again as opposed to dealing with these growing pains. But then, like you mentioned, there's going to be moments where you say, oh, 
yeah, there's no way in hell Jimmy Garoppolo could do that <laughs> right. or make that right. play. Uh, so it's certainly going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but I, I have hopes, high hopes for Trey Lance to be uh, the stud that the Niners are expecting him to be. Uh, Danny, both yeah. you and I, in the course of our careers, have covered the Seattle Seahawks. Um, <laughs> one yeah. noticeable absence from that roster is the guy I just mentioned, Russell Wilson. And uh, we could talk about the Seahawks. I'm less kind of concerned about their five and a half win total and whether they'll be really bad or just sort of bad or watchable a little bit <laughs> right. or completely right. unwatchable. I'm much more curious what you think about Russell Wilson. He's a 12 to one odds to win the MVP. He's got all the weapons you could ask for, although losing Tim Patrick hurts in Denver. Um, right. I am curious because I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he is going to be lights out. You can blame right. some of it on the Seahawks, some of it on philosophy, some of it on situation. But over the course of the last two years, even without the finger injury, he played a lot of bad ball. I mean, the second half of the 2020 season wasn't good from him, including that mm -hmm. playoff game against the Rams. The beginning of the season last year, he had some really big moments, but down the stretches of games was wasn't great. So even pre-finger injury, it's not like we were watching vintage Russell Wilson. And so I'm curious right. now, uh, now on the wrong side of 30, um, 33 now, with waning athleticism, the bad sacks look so much worse because there isn't that off-script <laughs> magic to the degree in which we saw early yeah. in his career. That's a long diatribe to tee you up to see if maybe you are, are in my camp of I don't, I'm not positive he's going to be a top five quarterback or even top 10 quarterback in the NFL this year. Probably top 10, but you know what I mean. Right. What, what yep. say you yep. on Russell Wilson, your expectations for him in year one in Denver? I honestly, and it, this is maybe sounds like a cop out, but I'm not expecting anything all that different. I'm kind of in the same camp as you. I think the one major, major difference that we're going to see here is just more pass volume. Like, I think that's what we can take to the bank. He's going to throw the ball more. Um, what that looks like, I think it's going to be less efficient. I think, obviously, in the Seahawks offense, the way that they've run over the last couple of years, his efficiency was absolutely ridiculous, in part because they were such a balanced offense and they were you know, utilizing the run game, play-action game. They were also playing off of his ability as a runner, You know, things like that, where he's not going to be impacting the run game the way he used to be. He's not going to be running a lot. Um, he's still going to make off-script plays. He's still going to make explosive passes down the field and he's still really, really accurate on those plays. So we're still going to see the big plays. We're still going to see, um, you know, I think the vintage Russell Wilson style, like what we expect from Russell Wilson, but we're also going to see, like you mentioned more sacks probably because they're going to be throwing more. Um, some of the head scratching plays, there's probably going to be more picks than we we've seen in the past. Um, basically it's just going to be Russell Wilson turned up. <laughs> on the dial and that's probably going to equal more yards, more touchdowns, but also more turnovers and more sacks and things like that. So I think it's going to be basically Russell Wilson, just amplified. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but like that to me, I'm not expecting him to turn into a totally different player. I don't think he's going to be probably an MVP candidate, but um, I just think, you know, you're going to see Russell Wilson vintage Russell Wilson, but it's just going to be, it's going to look different. It's going to be um, more, more volume, more passing and, and, there's going to be more turnovers along with that. There was such an annual debate of is Pete Carroll holding Russell Wilson back or, you know, is Russell Wilson right. making Pete Carroll look good or, or is it vice versa? And I think this year will be really interesting to see sort of um, the, whether there is any truth to that. Uh, given, like you mentioned, he's going <laughs> right. to likely get the pass volume he's been hoping to get for years and years. Let's go to a couple of futures markets before I let you go here. Um, offensive sure. rookie of the year as wide open as it has ever been because there's no rookie quarterback starting in week one. 
Kenny Pickett's still the favorite uh, at seven to one, along with Drake London of the Falcons. Then you have guys like George Pickens, your boy, uh, Brees Hall, Christian Watson, Chris Olave, <laughs> Kenneth Walker in Seattle, uh, a number of guys in the seven to nine to one type range. Do you have any of those guys that you just think are going to be lights out this year? Or is this the year uh, to talk about another one of your boys, Damian Pierce in Houston or James Cook in Buffalo and go with more of a long shot because yeah. it is just so wide open with rookies this year. I, I would say like, if you want the safe bet, Drake Lennon is easily what I would say the favorite in this category, just because he's going to get the volume. We know he's going to be the starter. He's looked good in camp. Um, and by the way, Marcus Mariota looked pretty solid in their first preseason game. So that kind of like raises his ceiling just a little bit. Um, I, th- I would say Drake Lennon would be like my runaway favorite right now, um, based on the idea that Kenny Pickett might not play. Um, the other guys that I kind of really like, you mentioned him, George Pickens, like everything we've heard out of Steelers camp is this guy looks incredible. Every day he's making a big play. If you just like search like a photo search on Twitter for George Pickens, it's like eight or nine different, like incredible leaping catches where he's like completely like spread out, like going up over defenders or whatever. Like every single day, it seems like he makes a huge play. We saw that in, in the first preseason game, he had a touchdown. He had a couple of really impressive plays. Um, and there hasn't really been a lot on, on Claypool. It doesn't really sound like um, the team is all that super high on him anyway. And so I could see a world in which, um, you know, George Pickens comes in and he's like the number one on this team, like obviously opposite Deontay Johnson, who's a different style receiver, more, uh, you know, get open early. Um, but I could see George Pickens like really breaking out this year. And so that guy it, 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 to me is another kind of just good bet to maybe be the surprise contributor he he was gonna be a first round pick before i think there were some issues about maybe off-field stuff or whatever also he tore his acl so the injury probably made a couple teams balk but like he has the first round talent he's already showing it he's in an offense where i think he could come in and be a starter right away so he's an he's an interesting one to me um none of them are none of the other guys are all that like intriguing to me damian pierce you mentioned he looked incredible in in the first preseason game for the texans he looked really strong but um at the end of the day like this team last year, I think, ran the fewest amount of times and had the fewest yards. So do they turn it around completely? I don't know. We'll see. And he's also probably going to be sharing reps with Rex Burkhead. Uh, you know, you, you have sort of the Patriots philosophy, I think, in Houston. So you could see a bit of a timeshare there. I, I don't know. He seems like a long shot, but he's, he's definitely worth betting on, I guess. Just putting a chip on him just because he looks so damn good in week one of preseason. I think... Um, the only other guy that I would mention is Romeo Dubs, Dobbs, I should say, uh, for the Packers who could end up being like one of their starting receivers and you're catching passes from the back-to-back MVP. Like what else do I have to say? He, he's another kind of long shot guy to keep in mind. Yeah. Again, interesting. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 13 of 15, 92 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner against Seattle on Saturday and George Pickens, three catches for 43 and a touchdown. Uh, his odds have gone from 20 to one to eight to one in just a week. So the hype train is certainly <laughs> rolling on him. Yeah. Have you made a Super Bowl prediction yet? Have you been put uh, on the spot uh, with the ringer to, to put, put, the spot yet, to put no. pen to paper? Um, can we can we get maybe not something your firm prediction, but what you're marinating on on each conference? So, I mean, obviously, this is this is something that I think people fall for every week, every year, I should say. But like the Chargers, yeah. they just look so mm-hmm. talented every year. They're so talented. Of course, they charger it for whatever reason every single year, but they haven't had. Um, they haven't had like the talent at quarterback, particularly. Uh, I think that to me, like Herbert is is the X factor with the Chargers, and, and obviously we saw how good he was last year. If he could take his game to a new level uh, this year, then I think he gives them, you know, like a really good chance. They just got good players on defense. 
Um, you know, they've solidified everything in the seems like in this team. And so, of course, while the Chargers regularly charger themselves out of out of wins and things like that, I think that they're like to me just like too damn good to be to be ignoring at this point. Um, and then, I mean, the Chiefs, <laughs> like the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and so I think you can't you can't really count them out. So I'd, I'd say in the AFC, those are the two teams I really like. Um, in the NFC, man, it's just so wide open. I really don't even know. I'd say obvi- the, the obvious ones to me are the Rams and the Bucks, but the Bucks to me have have really fallen off in terms of their depth. The offensive line issues are kind of scaring me. So um, I don't know. I get. I, I guess I would say the Rams versus Chargers, and the Chargers win it all. It'd be a fun LA LA kind of deal. Um, but yeah, if you're putting me on the spot, I'd say Chargers over Rams. In the Could Super I Bowl. interest you in the Eagles coming out of the NFC? That would be a lot of fun. Everything we've heard about Hurt so far is that he's been looking really solid. He looked really, really sharp in the preseason game. Of course, that doesn't mean a ton, but they have a really good run game. Uh, they've got Hurts, who is an X factor. If he makes a big jump in this in, in his third season in the NFL, like all bets are off. Um, their defense probably improved. I, I just think when you have a, an elite offensive line and you add AJ Brown to that offense, there's a chance that they could really make a big jump on offense and that would be huge for them. But I mean, that's definitely more of a, of a dark horse type team. So some inside baseball here, I got roped into being in a dynasty fantasy football league with Danny <laughs> and some other buddies and the, uh, the yeah. whole, the whole ringer fantasy crew. And I've never done a fantasy league. It's a super flex league, which means there's two quarterbacks that you can start each and every week. Mm-hmm. And so what do you know? I'm going to go to Danny Kelly's dynasty rankings and I'm looking at all these quarterbacks and where he's got them ranked. <laughs> Turns out every quarterback goes in the top three rounds. And so that wasn't yeah. expected. I feel like I've been duped. I feel like I'm just donating money in the league. And so I have taken the strategy of someone has to win it in year one. Why not me? <laughs> and if I don't win ever again, that might be where this is headed because my quarterbacks are Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who I'm just hoping yeah. at least one of them, I'm just one of them needs to play next year. And maybe I'll be okay. Um, is this draft ever going to end anywhere? So it's like an ongoing draft, and we've been drafting for four days, and we're in the ninth round. I this think, is fast. This is going fast for this is uh, this for is those new of you that to me. Don't know how dynasty drafts work. Basically, there's one giant startup draft. You get to keep all the players forever. So it's obviously important to kind of like decide which guys are going to be around for a while, which guys have you know staying power. You know, all that stuff goes into it. How the contracts are. are structured and, and all that. So um, you've actually, I think, positioned yourself really well because you could win in year one, but you also grabbed Davis Mills, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so that gives you a little bit of a future. If he if he pans out and is a mid-level, like Kirk Cousins-y style quarterback, dude, you're solid. Then you can just draft a quarterback next couple of years, trade for a guy and keep things rolling. So um, I actually think your uh, your strategy is perfectly fine. Like it's good. And, yes. and there's definitely many different ways to approach a, a dynasty super flex uh, startup draft. And, you know, you've got a, a really good mix of, you have T Higgins, CD lamb. Like you're so solid at receiver. Um, you've got a, you got Pat fire and George Kittle. So like you're set for the short term and the long term at tight end. This is a tight end premium league, by the way. So that's also a really important point to make. So, um, you know, all, like considering this is your first dynasty draft ever, like your team is really solid. I love that. I went fishing and Danny delivered. Hey, thank you so much, man. What a treat. I, I know you've got so much going on with the NFL season ramping up here, uh, but man, what a treat to, to catch up with you, have you on the show and get your insight and analysis. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Great stuff there from Danny. One of my absolute favorites, a guy who um, met on Twitter then met in person have become good buddies with uh, for many, many years. He's been super supportive of me um, and is just doing great things over at the ringer. Again, if you're not already following him at Danny B. Kelly uh, is the place to find all of his content. 
or the ringer. Uh, let's get to a promo. Win bets, bet 50, win 200 promo rolls on. New win bet users can receive 200 bucks in free bets after they make their first qualifying deposit and place their first bet on win bet. And once that bet is settled, uh, you'll receive four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the win bet app for official rules and details. Winning pick time. I'm three and one now. I took my first loss of the month again last Thursday. Wish I would have pushed. Instead, I take the L. Um, I've got another first five under three and a half. I'm going Mariners Angels first five under three and a half at minus 120. Stellar pitching matchup. Luis Castillo against Shohei Otani. No need to say much more. Uh, Luis Castillo has been lights out with two wins against the Yankees. He went eight scoreless against New York in his last outing. Shohei has been lights out as well, and the Mariners have really struggled with the bats since July 1st, uh, right in the middle of the pack with just a 101 WRC+. plus. This one feels real confident to me. That's why it's juiced to the under at minus 120, but I'm still going to take that bet. Mariners-Angels, first five under three and a half with the aces on the mound. That's at minus 120. That's going to do it for this episode of the show. Appreciate Danny Kelly again of The Ringer coming on. Go to The Ringer. Follow him on Twitter at Danny B. Kelly to find all of his coverage on the NFL, the NFL draft, and fantasy football. We'll see you on Thursday. Nick Dayus is going to come on the show previewing Kamaru Usman's next fight this week, and the next UFC pay-per-view is upon us on Saturday. We'll talk to Nick Dayus on Thursday. We'll see you then right here on Bet to Win. <laughs> 